Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing. Welcome to a very special episode of the Slow Flowers Podcast, episode 500, part of our weekly podcast series about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them, which we launched in July of 2013. Since then, I have regularly featured the voices of influencers, style makers, pioneers, and heroes in the slow flowers movement. And today we celebrate an impressive milestone with episode 500. It's all about making a conscious choice. And I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com the free online directory to more than 850 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2021, Farm Row Flowers. Farm Row Flowers delivers iconic burlap-wrapped bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting more than 20 U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $9 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually, and by providing competitive salaries and benefits to 240 team members based in Watsonville, California, and Miami, Florida. Discover more at farmgrowflowers.com. For each podcast episode this year, we will also thank three of our major sponsors. Our next sponsor thanks goes to Longfield Gardens, which provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Check out the full catalog at longfield-gardens.com. It's been a busy and exciting week here at the Slow Flower Society. In January, you may remember that I introduced you to creative director Robin Ovney, my partner and co-founder of Bloom Imprint, the book publishing branch of Slow Flower Society. You can find a link to that episode in today's show notes, and you'll hear us discuss the goal of telling stories by and about Slow Flowers members through the medium of books. Bloom Imprint's first title is At the Printer Right Now, and we can't wait to tell you all about it. Where We Bloom is an information and idea-packed volume filled with 37 intimate and inspiring floral studios, workshops, storefronts, and growing spaces like greenhouses and barns, all home to creative floral enterprises of Slow Flowers members. You may have seen the cover art because I've shared a few sneak peeks across social media and in Slow Flowers' recent newsletter, but Today, I'm excited to introduce you to the woman responsible for the delightfully engaging space featured as our cover destination to illustrate the concept of where we bloom. You'll meet Cynthia Zamaria, Toronto-based designer, flower grower, and stylist, whose studio is called Cynthia Zamaria House and Flower. Cynthia will share a bit about her journey with flowers, and the three of us, Robin, Cynthia, and I, will discuss the central themes of where we bloom. I wrote about this in the introduction to the book. I wrote this, The importance of devoting space to the pursuit of one's art, the way environments can inspire individual expression and reflect one's aesthetic style, and the ways one's studio or workshop 
can inspire the senses. It's all part of where we bloom. There is also the intangible feeling of security and comfort that creative individuals may feel when they can escape to a destination where their ideas flourish and, yes, blossom. Let me tell you a bit more about Robin and Cynthia, and then we'll jump right into the conversation. Based in Gig Harbor, Washington, Robin Avni is a creative veteran in the media and high-tech industries. Her experience includes more than 15 years in the publishing industry and eight years at Microsoft in design and creative management. She has successfully managed innovative, award-winning design teams and high-profile projects, as well as received numerous national design awards and photo editing honors for her own work. Robin has produced 10 books, including Collaborating with Me, on the Slow Flowers Journal, Volume 1, which was published last year. In 2004, following Microsoft, Robin founded Bricolage, a consultancy specializing in creative strategy, content development, and trend analysis for home and garden. She has worked with Fortune 500 companies, national advertising agencies, and award-winning media properties, applying timely, actionable insight to their businesses. Robin received a BA in journalism from Indiana University in Bloomington and a Knight Wallace Journalism Fellowship at the University of Michigan. She holds a Master's of Communication in Digital Media from the University of Washington. Based in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Cynthia Zamaria is an interior and floral designer known for character-filled spaces and carefree floral displays. With an infectious creative spirit and a belief that we all need more beautiful in our lives, Cynthia shares inspiration as an interior and floral editorial stylist, content contributor, writer, and workshop teacher. Her work is regularly featured in leading lifestyle media. An advocate of the Slow Flowers movement, Cynthia sustainably grows small batch specialty blooms and designs unfussy seasonal arrangements. This soulful aesthetic spills into Cynthia's interiors, which are true to the space, trendless mashups of scale, texture, and color. Cynthia and her husband Graham share a passion for saving forgotten houses, and they have restored a range of period properties. A former public relations executive, Cynthia now devotes her time to family and creative projects from her home base in Toronto. I'm so happy to welcome my two creative friends as we discuss where we bloom and share the story of this beautiful book project with you. I'll share links to their social places so you can find and follow Robin and Cynthia and check out our show notes for episode 500 to see a few inside photos of the pages of Where We Bloom. Let's jump right in and get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and we have lots to celebrate today. It is episode 500 of the Slow Flowers Podcast, which is like boggles the mind. And uh, every time we hit the 100 mark uh, of the next century, I guess, of, of episodes, I have, I always want to have somebody special uh, to just to make, make it a party. And today we have two special guests, my partner, Robin Avni in Bloom Imprint. Hi, Robin. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning. Celebrations mm-hmm. all around. Yes, and um, you all you all heard and met met Robin and heard from her when we launched Bloom Imprint in January. And our very special guest is Cynthia Zamaria of Cynthia Zamaria House and Flower based in Toronto. Hi, Cynthia. Hello, and congratulations. Well, 
Back at you, uh, because big reveal here, Cynthia is our cover girl of Where We Bloom, our brand new book that will be available in uh, just, a, just a week or so, uh, around April 14th. So we wanted to have Cynthia on um, to talk about her business uh, and who she is. So, um, and you're a first-time guest of the podcast, and um, I just want to introduce you to the listeners. So I guess... Let me just give a little recap of Where We Bloom and this book. Um, This is the first title in Bloom Imprint, uh, the new publishing company that is sort of the boutique publishing arm of Slow Flowers, created by Robin Avni and me. And we... um, we started with this book because it was a way to build community and feature a lot of uh, Slow Flowers members showing off their workspaces, studios, uh, shops, greenhouses, potting sheds, barns, you name it. Right, Robin? <laughs> yes, we definitely have a great variety from, you know, from kitchen and laundry room to uh, beautiful outdoor uh structures. Yeah, structure's a good word for it. Um the t- the subtitle of Where We Bloom is 37 Intimate, Inventive and Artistic Studio Spaces Where Floral Passions Find a Place to Blossom. And those of you who have known me for years as a garden writer know that I wrote a book in 2008 called uh, Stylish Sheds and Elegant Hideaways all about garden sheds and there's definitely a crossover into this book, but these are dedicated floral spaces and um it's it's just it, there is a diversity of of architecture and um, location and personality and design and Cynthia uh, definitely um, was a standout for someone we wanted to have in the book with her aesthetic but also um, we're going to hear from Robin about how Cynthia's um, floral office or whatever we call it made it to the cover but first I want to talk a little bit about Cynthia and um, her business so um, on the cover people will see what looks like I guess kind of a a standard what a, a potting shed basically right Cynthia how would you describe it yeah it was a nine by twelve um, pre-built, actually built by Mennonites, mm. believe it or not, in, in, um, in the community where, um, not far from the community where it ended up um, living. And um, we customized it a little bit, but yeah, it's a, you know, you can get one of these beauties and um, you can make it your own. And that's really what we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the fact that you bring that up. It's almost like a um, standard measurement and materials and so it could be something you could order from a a local big box store or from builders in your community that kind of go to the home shows and 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 sell these sorts of things absolutely and we were when we were looking for our studio potting shed flower office whatever you like to call it um we had done that we had gone to many different places and looked and yeah you can you can find um something like this at a lumber yard or as you say a big box store and the creativity and the fun comes with how you can make it your own and add um, your flavor to it Mm -hmm. so you know it's incredible how many people reached out to me after um they've seen this shed saying you know how did you do this and what did you do and how can I do that myself and they're very inspired by it so that's really rewarding and I just hope that um, this helps empower people to take that shed they may have in their backyard that is kind of you know holding a bunch of tools and all other kinds of equipment and um, transform it and it's uh, a couple weekends later and you'll have your space well 
Cynthia, it really reflects your preference for materials, details, and finishes. And, you know, you brought a designer's eye to it. So talk about some of the little upgrades that you did uh, to this standard wooden structure. Um, and you, you, I know that some were like, you had a high-low mix, like some were more of an investment and others you made decisions about what not to spend money on, right? Sure, for sure. Um, so it was, we painted, we used a lot of white paint. My secret weapon is white paint or black. If you see my, our new shed, which is, we'll get to, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit about that later, but, um, this one, we went white. We wanted um, a nice, um, clean palette, um, to be a backdrop for the work that we do. So, um, it was a lot of paint, um, a, a large, um, bench, two leveled so that you could, you know, have a, a large work surface as well as an area underneath to, um, you know, put supplies. Uh, windows were really important to me. Um, we look over uh, a lake, so we wanted to have a bank of windows that opened up over to the lake, but then also to have these large uh uh, farm doors at the front that you could easily get equipment in and out of, or uh, uh, you know, buckets of blooms in and out of, but also created that indoor/outdoor feel. Uh, so that was that was important to us to to go that little bit extra and you know get more windows in there. But you know, really, you can do this with any kind of mm -hmm. shed or any kind of space that you have. Clean it up. We left the plywood floor. The one luxury was to get water in there and to get um, a sink. But it was just a metal sink from Ikea, one of those standard things that you can take with you um, from an apartment and right. uh, use that for uh, for water. And then we had um, a bucket cleaning pipe installed as well. So those were the two luxuries because, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't have to carry water, <laughs> it helps out a lot. <laughs> well, you brought, you brought wa water in, but you also brought power in, right? Because the lighting yes. choices I thought were really inspired and just fit the vibe of, of the personality that you wanted to express. Yes, we need lots of light and lots of good tunes. So we needed to have the, have the stereo on. Um, one final question about the design, Cynthia. Did you um, have a someone put on that metal roof? It's like a standing seam metal roof or some kind of... Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was an option. So, you know, when you go to these places and look at these sheds, you can usually um, customize them or there's different types of finishes. So you could have, we could have gotten a, a regular black shingle or a gray shingle, but... We upgraded a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I like I like the metal yeah. a lot. But the sound of the rain on the on the tin roof is quite lovely. So yeah, we do enjoy that. I love that. Well, uh, it was selected to be the cover photo, and I just think because I'm a book nerd and Robin is too, and we geek out on things like this, as do you, Cynthia. It would be fun to hear from Robin a little bit about how that all came to be. And because we decided pretty early on about the cover because we wanted to just let people know the book was in the works. So we did have to design it early. And Robin, can you talk about that process? Well, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to because it's it's that magic that we love, Deborah, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, you you text you texted me and you said you have to look at these photos that we just got in. So we hopped on Zoom and um, we looked at them and I was like, oh, my God. So we should give a shout out to Robin Stubert, who is the photographer of all of the images of Cynthia's um Cynthia Shed and uh, did an amazing job. And uh, we started looking and we're like, oh my God, this is more than a one page spread. This is two pages. Wait, this is three pages. <laughs> and then we thought, well, this just has the potential for the cover. But we also were looking at 
two others for the cover as well. So we kind of put them all out there and you and uh, me and our graphic designer, uh, Jenny Diaz got together and we looked at them, mocked up a few, but this was a clear winner. Um, so we went from three to one and we were thrilled to be there. Um, and we worked on the topography and we worked on the crop, but, and we thought we had one that we liked because we had just basically put the whole shed on the cover. And, you know, Jenny came back to me and said, you know, I mean, it looks good, but it, it's not, it's not wowing me like it should because this is such a spectacular photograph. So we went back to the drawing board and we realized for this book and a lot of our books, we're doing what's called, you know, a gatefold flap, which means inside when you open it up, there's a flap that you can stick things in and messages and papers. But also we thought, oh my gosh, we should utilize this as a design tool. So what we did was we started playing with the crop of the photo and we came out with cropping it, cropping um, part of the door out, the right-hand door out, which just shows up on the flap. And the way it's all cropped and that it presents is like it's welcoming you into this shed. It's welcoming you into this book. And then if you flip open the flap, you're inside. Mm. So the, the visual metaphor is really wonderful for the type of book that this is and talking about these spaces. Mm. And it's just because we had Robin's beautiful, beautiful photography to work with that we were able to really leverage and make a spectacular cover like this. Mm. And just in, in hearing your description about the welcoming, the photo really lent itself to that because the way, and, and we're going to hear about Cynthia as a photo stylist because I know Cynthia was to, to credit for, for this. The doors were flung open and you could see right into uh, the space, the interiors, and all the things that Robin had just mentioned, like the shelves where the buckets of blooms are and all the tools and the windows. It was just uh, that photo worked in so many ways because the doors were open. It wasn't a, an exterior only shot. It gave you a little bit of interior as well, right? Exactly. And also it was surrounded by green and the lushness of the idea of being out, whether it's in the flower field, in the garden. So it really had that um, sense of uh, an atmosphere about it that made you want to be inside one of those, you know, you wanted that in your backyard, you know, <laughs> you exactly. wanted to be able to go out and say, gosh, what could I do if I had something like this? I, I guess that's part of the art and science of book jacket design anyway, isn't it? Like you really have to communicate everything that's inside just at a glance on the cover. Exactly. It has to, it has to welcome, especially when you're talking about spaces, right? You know, and, and, and visual, we're very visual. We do flowers, we do spaces. So um, you have to be visual as well. And, and to capture that all in one photo, you know, when you got it, mm -hmm. but finding it is that that mm -hmm. that search that that magical search wow well everyone who's listening can see the cover and of course some interior spreads in uh the show notes for today's episode 500 at deborahprinzing.com but i want to turn um the attention to cynthia now and just talk about uh you cynthia and your work because um we met uh a couple years ago when I was at an event in Toronto and 
you know, we didn't have a lot of time to talk, but we immediately started following each other on Instagram. And you you just came across my transom very frequently, and I always loved what you posted. And, um, it, you know, it's just fun that full circle, we, we're now doing a book together, you know, two or three years later. So t- tell us about Cynthia Zamaria House and Flower. Um, what is what is your what is your metier? <laughs> what what drives you? really is um, a fusion of my two passions, which are interiors and flowers. Uh, I've always had um, a a desire to mingle those and marry those two of my interests together. And my path has not been linear. Uh, Like many of us, I'm sure, um, getting to where you want to be and sometimes the journey getting there itself um, has lots of twists and turns. And for me, that's for sure. I mean, I started 25 years um, ago working in public relations and communications, and that was my career. That was my profession. And on the side, I always dabbled in home improvement projects. Um, We always had gardens and I always loved flowers. So it's taken 25 years. And what I joke to say is like a midlife crisis, instead of, you know, buying a motorcycle or a sports car, I decided to to grow flowers and start a flower farm. But, you know. (laughs) Because that's um, so much easier, right? (laughs) Right. It would have been way less expensive just to buy the sports car, I tell you, and a lot less um, aggravation. But no, really, seriously, this has been an incredible journey. And it's not easy to describe what I do because um, I do many things and it's hard to put a label on it. But I would say most, um, if you wanted to encapsulate it, it is about creating um, beautiful spaces and sharing that and inspiring that, uh, inspiring others and giving them the confidence to do the same. Um, and having them look at things differently. And um, that's why I'm so honored. So thank you very much for um, putting our work um, on the cover and in the book, because um, that's that's quite an honor. And um, thank you. Yeah, oh, you bet. <laughs> and as Robin hinted at, there are three spreads, which adds up to six full pages, which is, we have a few of those uh larger uh, stories, but, you know, it's one of the biggest. And um, so people can read, um, you know, your personal experience of connecting flowers and interiors and, uh, you know, what really happened at the end of that story of uh, flower farming. Because the, 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 the structure is in a, in a cutting garden, uh, with the way it was, if you pull back beyond what you see on the cover, it's surrounded by flowers. Um, and you had planted um, your own mini farm in an area, a residential area where people weren't used to seeing flowers, right? Yeah, that's right. So, um, let me take you back 25 years just for a second. And, and, and because I think it's an important story to tell because I, I think people should think about their business or what they want to do and how, um, sometimes taking a risk or having some trust in yourself, helps you get there. Um, So Graham and I, my husband, um, had one of our first houses together and it was a sweet uh, row house in in downtown Toronto. It was a Victorian and we had fixed it up. We had DIY'd it and painted it and we loved that house and had started our family in it. And um, we had painted our front door this olive green and it was Christmas time and we had this beautiful red berry wreath on the front door. And that was just kind of what we did. We loved to make our house look pretty and decorate. And um, one day someone knocked on our door 
And it was a magazine editor. And she said, you know, I was just walking in the neighborhood and I love what's on your door. And would you mind um, if we took some photos of it and put it in our holiday issue for we're doing a feature on Reese? And we said, yeah, of course, you know, come on in. And we signed the release. We showed we showed the woman around and she said to us, um, are you a designer? And I said, oh, no, not really. Um, you know, um, well, have you ever thought of putting your work in a magazine and be uh, being photographed? And we said, no, but we could try. Sure, let's let's do this, right? So that was the beginning. That was 25 years wow. ago. And then every one of our homes, and we've had a few along the way, ha- um, we have had featured, we've had collaborations. Um, it's morphed into me um, leveraging my love of interiors and flowers um, into a, uh, to doing styling work and growing flowers to do um, styling work and for special events and for certain things. So that that just goes to say that this is something that has been in me for a very long time and has been something that I've um, developed over the years and played around with it recreationally. And then about four years ago, we decided to make um, a big move and I, st- I left my career in, in PR and um, we decided to start flower farming at this property that we had, which was our our country, you know, weekend place that we would go. It was just a, a small little house on it. And, but we had a lot of field and I learned and learned and attended some workshops and did all that I could to understand about the flower farming industry and the business. And of course the slow, slow flower movement, which was very important to me uh, to do this very sustainably. Um, and that was the beginning. And that was about four years ago. Wow. You're, you're absolutely right. Like when you s- describe this this wonderful story about the olive door and the red berry wreath, but I don't think Robin and I have heard that story before. So I just, I want to see that photo. <laughs> yeah, I, wa- I want to see that photo too. And, and I also have to say, I love the story because it talks about how these things grow and bloom, right? Which is exactly, I mean, Deborah's and my relationship, it very similar. We, we met about 15 years ago, and now we're working together because it evolved that way. So I love that history, Cynthia, that you shared. Yeah. And, you know, like Cynthia, you said you don't know how to describe your business, but back when that editor reached out to you, little did you know there was a way to create a profession that blended all of your interests into, and that photo styling is part of that, but it's also uh, content development and, you know, writing a blog and, 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 producing articles for magazines and like all of that uses many of the skills you had in PR and marketing, as well as your hobby that you and your husband were doing with home renovation, right? Exactly. It's amazing how things come together. And, you know, I say that even to my kids now when they, you know, they're going to school and they're in university and they don't know exactly what they're going to do when they grow up. And it's, you know, it, it sounds trite, but really do follow your heart, follow what you love. And it's amazing how things will collide. And it, you know, you'll find something that you love to do. And that's really what happened with us. And the other thing is to not be afraid to change your mind, right? So, um, you know, the place that we talked about four years ago that we started to grow this flower farm, on um we had gotten one year under our belt we were ready to move our family there we had renovated the house there and we were ready to embark on this new lifestyle when something 
you know, crossed our paths and we changed our mind. And, uh, you know, I love the expression. It's one of my favorites, which is, you know, sometimes on the way to your dream, you get lost and you find a better one. And we did in that instance, um, we decided that that place and that enterprise was not going to be right for us at that time in our lives with our kids and, and where we were. And we happened to find um, this beautiful home, um, a heritage home, from 1857 in a community where my husband grew up that had a couple of acres that we could at least, you know, have a nice garden on. And that we decided to change gears and we, we went that route. And that's um, the subject that you're seeing on the cover of, mm-hmm. uh, of the book. The quote you just gave us, uh, Cynthia, of course, Robin and I love that. And it is a pull quote in your chapter in Where We Bloom about getting, you know, kind of a sidetrack and finding a new dream on your journey. So for you, you've had mo- this happen to you multiple times, but the one you're alluding to then is when you bought the Miller house, which is what the shed, where the shed resided that is on the cover, right? Yes, yes. So, um, you know, we one of my favorite aside from fixing up houses, my, one of my other favorite things to do is to incessantly look at real estate listings. I have a little bit of a, a impatient streak in me and that I'm always looking for projects, but I do love to wander. I'm, uh, mostly I'm a romantic and I, I love to imagine ourselves in those spaces or in, in different different places in our lives. So um, I was, you know, trolling the real estate listings, which I normally do. And there was this big, beautiful home that came up for sale um, in a community where my husband happened to have grown up, which is just outside of Toronto, about an hour and a half on the shore of Lake Erie. It's in a community called Port Dover. And it's a mid-sized, you know, small community um, where you've got, you know, some old homes and some large, large properties. Mm -hmm. So we had you know, some land. Um, and we had always wanted to restore, um, a a true historic home. And, um, we found her and we fell in love with her and that was kind of the end of it. So we left the flower farm and we decided, okay, well, we'll, we'll morph this into something where we've got at least three quarters of an acre where we can have a big cutting garden. We can do workshops. We can, you know, grow small scale for events. Um, and of course I can do, use it for styling and for teaching and that kind of thing and for creating content. So that began that journey. And we were fortunate enough to be able to still live in Toronto where we renovated that home so we could go back and forth and we didn't have to kind of live through the, the renovation. So that was a real treat. First time, one of the first times that's happened. So, um, yeah, the, the garden was very much a part of the house and the house was very much part of the garden. Mm, which is really how you approach living. That's just your life philosophy. Yes. Yeah, Graham and I have both always grown up with gardens, and um, our parents were both um, very much into agriculture and growing, and it's something that we wanted to um, pass along to our children. So having gardens, growing vegetables, growing flowers, that has all been very important to us. Well, you talked about creating content. And basically, if anyone visits your website, which we'll share the link, there are multiple um, kind of departments showing some of the collaborations that you and Graham have lived through while breathing breathing new life into old properties. Um, it in general, you it's a whole it's a whole property approach. You're you'll do the put as much emphasis on renovating a garden as the home interiors, right? Yeah, yeah. 
that's very, really important, making sure that we have space to grow. And um, Miller House also had um, an old coach house where, which was also turned into a studio space. So uh, we've got the potting shed garden outside, and then there's another interior space that was going to be used for workshops and, and also just doing design work. So uh, that was very much important to us in terms of how we design the home and making sure that the home flow, there was flow. Uh, but, um, you know, surrounding yourself with, with flowers, wherever you are, whatever you do, whether it's a business or just a hobby, uh, is something that's really important. And we're bringing that into the new place that we have because, you know, spoiler alert, we're not in that house anymore. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're on to our seventh house now. And um, I never say never, but we're staying put for a while. <laughs> well, okay. You've you've let the cat out of the bag. Um, you have a new project. And I want to ask Robin to jump in and just help us tell the, the story about the next chapter of our collaboration with you, Cynthia. Because um, when, when we first met, we're, of course, we're on the West Coast, you're on the East Coast. We've had a lot of Zoom meetings. And um, I introduced you to Robin, and we started looking at your website and your gallery of photos that you had produced with um, Robin and other photographers. And it kind of started dawning on Robin Avni that there was something that could lead to a new project. So, um, Robin, why don't you talk about what, how you sort of drank that all in and digested it and came up with some something brilliant for us to do with Cynthia next. <laughs> well, I think, you know, the gorgeous photography um, and the what was photographed was so gorgeous and so simple and beautiful. And it just, I just remember asking Cynthia, do you, other than the website, is there anything else you have that we could look at? And she sent me these, uh, these, you know, links to drop boxes of photos and it was right around the holidays I think and I started going through it and it was you know late one night and all of a sudden I started mocking up covers and spreads with her stuff and I'm like oh we got a book here <laughs> you're so hooked <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm hooked I'm hooked this is gorgeous do you think she would do one? <laughs> I texted Deborah, and so that's when we we started talking to you, because then we realized that you were renovating your current house, uh, the the Ludi house. Am I saying that correctly? And that it had a garden, and that it had interiors, it had heritage, and also, um, you know, what what it had was a great story aside from what you're doing, but that we could actually live through this renovation with you. And I have to tell you, some of the unrenovated photos are as gorgeous as the renovated photos. So, um, so then we just started talking about what that might be. And we are thrilled because Cynthia has so many great ideas and has such a great eye. And, and I also wanna say that um, your design is not what I would call fussy even down to like the flowers, right? That that it's very approachable and and I yet elegant. And so uh, I think it's really inspiring to see, and Deborah and I agree on this, Deborah thought so too, which is to see that you are taking what is out in your garden and making it just blend seamlessly into your home. 
um, that, that it is truly, it's called house and flower because that is exactly what it is, is that is this wonderful blend that, that you create and um, we couldn't yeah. be more thrilled. Yeah. That's so kind of you. Thank you. Um, and I couldn't be happier to share this and, and hopefully inspire others to take whatever space that they're in and um, transform it into something that they want it to be, whether that's, you know, whether you've got an old house or a brand new house, whether you live in an apartment, um, there's always something that you can do to make that space personally yours and to in inject it with and infuse it with a lot of beauty. And of course, mm -hmm. flowers is always very much part of that for me. Mm -hmm. And I want to encourage people to do that. I mean, the people, you know, probably listening to this call, flowers are uh, very much part of what they do. Um, and they can appreciate that and they can see that. Um, certainly maybe some of their customers um, are searching for that, are searching for um, the lift and the love that Flowers brings into their lives. So I think that this is um, uh, a book that will appeal, you know, hopefully to people who love flowers and people who want to learn how to use flowers in their lives and in their homes in, in a way that's not um, so hard to do and mm -hmm. that is easy. And uh, as you say, unfussy and kind of uncontrived and, and that very natural and very much in keeping with, you know, the sustainable movement and um, letting flowers, you know, stand on their own and be as beautiful as they can be just as they are. So that's a lot of my philosophy. Yeah. And, and you really are in this, I think, unique sweet spot uh, of crossover between um, lifestyle and, and flower growing um, because we're seeing so many people, you know, in the in the kind of home gardener category wanting to grow their own cutting garden. Uh, that's clear. That's been documented for the past year of explosion, uh, you know, COVID gardening, basically. But once they do that, once they've harvested those flowers or grown them, how do they incorporate them into their daily lives or into their interiors? And that's, I feel like that's the crossover part that your book will be showing people. Um, yes. And also just the personal thought process of renovating a house, which we also think is, a, you know, continuing to be a, a subject of interest. I don't know, Robin, if you want to add to that or not. Well, actually, it's um, one of the explosions that happened during COVID with people spending so much time at home. I know there's been a lot of coverage of people who are moving um, and there's been a lot dedicated to that, but remodeling is off the roof, small scale and large scale. And so um, this, is, this is the sweet spot mm -hmm. um, of people really making their home inside and out somewhere that, that they, they love to be, which is not going to go away. Um, that will not go away. We will be able to venture out more, but we still want to love the space that we're in. Yeah, that's great. So Cynthia is um, in the midst of this uh, renovation. And how are you approaching it, Cynthia? You, I know you've kind of got a rough outline, but are you uh, having to be super intent attentive and intentional about photographing everything you're doing so it gets captured for the book? Yes. Uh, I, I, I mean, I take photographs um, of almost everything anyhow. So I think it, this has become more intentional because I've got Robin in the back of my in the back of my head saying, okay, take a picture, take a picture of what you're doing. So I'm doing it more. But, um, you know, that was something that, you know, I, I learned how to take 
photography. I learned a lot um, of that on my own. And I just, the more I can take pictures, the better I can get. I mean, if they could take 50 pictures, one might be okay. So um, she's being, she's being <laughs> honest. She's, she's a very good photographer as well. And I stalk her on her Instagram account and say, Oh, we need that one for the book. So <laughs> Right. Don't you just know, use an iPhone. Get the real photo, right? <laughs> right. I'm like, right. I'm like, you're taking a picture of that, right? <laughs> My photos are actually of, of, with a real camera and I upload them. But um, yeah, I mean, it, the, the challenge is trying, you know, to find a balance of, you know, not to give everything away, um, but to share the process because the process is really um I think it's really important and the decisions that you make as you uh, renovate a home, we like to call it, um, Graham and I, it, it's much more of a, a gentle renovation because we always take the house and her soul first and then we work around that. And as we, you know, strip back the house and she really reveals herself to us, that's really where a lot of the design elements come in. We work with the space that we have and that's really exciting. So we've had some surprises in this house as we've, you know, taken off some old, you know, plywood boards that were up and found some really incredible things behind it that are going to end up being some of the features in the home. Mm. So we did that very much with that Miller house, the other home that we had. And, and certainly with this one, that's very much our philosophy to really let the house speak to you, be gentle with it, um, use what you've got and don't be afraid of taking some risks too, mm -hmm. because uh, that's all the, you know, the rooms that I've done that have, we kind of think, oh, should I really paint that room, you know, bright strawberry pink in the, in the, and the ceiling gold, <laughs> like we did at the Belvedere um, at Miller House. Those have ended up being some of the most magical spaces. So, you know, wow. trusting your gut is, is fun too. So, yeah. And we've done a few. So now we're like, you know, we don't want to do the same thing again. So every space is different. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And you know, it's so interesting, Cynthia, when I, when we first started getting to know each other better, I just had the assumption that you wanted to have this like interior design business and you wanted to have clients and, you know, you've confessed to me that, um, you know, that's, yes, you get asked all the time, but that's really not where your heart is. Your heart is doing your own projects that become content that you, you can use for, um, for publishing and, um, and online or for other publications. And that's really what excites you because it's such an extension of your personal aesthetic. Um, and a client will have their own aesthetic and that might not you know, float your boat as much. And that's not bad. It's just good to know, actually. I would also yeah. add, Deborah, that I think, and Cynthia, correct me if I'm wrong, but just from getting to know you and listening to you and working on the book, that you also see an educational component in all of what you do. And that's important for you to share. And that's part of when you, you know, when a house appears in a magazine, it, there's always lessons along the way. And your blog is very much about, here's how you could do it. So um, I see that as, as that component as a very strong element as well. I, I agree, yeah. I wanna, um, most importantly, give people the confidence that they can do this. I think that so oftentimes um, we become, a, you know, paralyzed. I'm like, should I paint the, you know, the wall blue or should I paint it white or white? And, you know, you can make that decision and you can do what suits you and it's your space and you need to love your space. The same with the garden. You know, you 
you can garden however the heck you want to garden. As long as it brings you joy and it makes you happy, that's what's in, that's what matters. So that's why when Deborah was saying, you know, sometimes it's a challenge for me to to see myself working with some other people who um, I want it to be their space, right? They have to own it. Um, and that's why designing for others is sometimes a challenge. I'd rather do it this way and inspire them and give um, tips and tricks and ideas. And then you take that, digest what you will, take what you can and leverage that into your own home mm-hmm. and your own space. And you'll have something that is truly yours and that you love. Yeah. Um, the, the one caveat though that I'll make, because I'm, I'm starting to work actually on an exciting project with um a local builder who start, who's um, transforming a lot of the homes in our neighborhoods. And um, so working on new sort of semi new builds is actually kind of an exciting thing because you've got a carte blanche and you can work together to imagine who would like to live in this house and design it for them. And that's, that's really exciting for me, but building on what you were saying earlier about garden spaces, one of the things that I really um, want to advocate in these new homes um, is garden space and creating gardens, not just landscaped backyards, but places where people can grow, raised beds, um, whatever it is, depending on the specific um, envelope of property. We need to satisfy that yearn that people have right now to grow things. And that has certainly been one of the positive outcomes of COVID and people being at home more, which is, you know, they're coming back to roots and they're really taking more of an interest in growing things, in flowers, um, and sharing that with their families. So that's something for me that's really exciting. Um, yeah. Because when you look, when I look out my backyard right now, um, and you'll see this in the new book, you know, we've got the whole yard is gone. It's it's raised garden beds, and when I look across at the other yards. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're not used. They're pieces of grass. Then I, I really want these people to get up there and start growing things and uh, uh, hoping to inspire people to do that. Yeah. I think um, what I'm taking away from this conversation is really like your, you, you share your lessons learned and by in doing so inspire and empower other people to use some of these tips, but put their own spin on it. And that I think is really why your, um, your new book, uh, which we're so excited about how some flower will be really, uh, you know, universally beneficial for anybody who picks it up. Um, we don't have an exact pub date, uh, but Robin, what are we looking at January? Yes, I think we're looking at December, January. Okay. So, um, and and more realistically, I think we'll be in January, um, just knowing um, how the pace of the the uh, um, construction goes. We have a, we are able to turn around very quickly, which is which is really a lovely thing to be able to do. But we also have to not make sure that we don't exhaust Graham and Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> It's a wonderful collaboration, and we're just getting started on it because we had to get uh, where we bloom off to the printer before we could pivot to our uh, subsequent titles. So uh, there's a lot more information um, about Cynthia's new book on our website, uh, Where We Bloom. And also, I do, I did see, Cynthia, that you started posting about the book on your website. So that's really fun to have the big reveal and, and now be able to start sort of building up anticipation and excitement for that Um because it's going to be really, really fun for us to have uh, have a title that has that kind of inclusivity of interiors and um, interior styling. Because you know you're really the, you're opening up a new category for us. 
Yeah, it's exciting for me. So thank you so very much. Oh, you bet. Well, we are um, going to have an official book launch for Where We Bloom. It will be a virtual book launch on April 27th. Uh, it won't be um, you know, super involved, but just sort of like everybody who hears this, um, we'll be posting on our um, Bloom imprint um, Dot com and also on our Instagram feed, which is at bloom.imprint. Um, more details uh, forthcoming, and um, you'll get to see more about the book, and um, maybe we'll have some fun giveaways, and just have a toast to our inaugural book with and our cover girl. Hopefully, Cynthia can be there too, and, and Robin will, um, of course, co-host that with me. So... Just a whole month of celebration once this, this baby gets published, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think we've had a fun conversation. It's wonderful to commemorate uh, both the podcast uh, um, milestone of 500 episodes and or episode 500, and it's also wonderful to have something really new and exciting to talk about with two people who I adore and um Congratulations, both of you, for um, birthing this beautiful book with us. Um, uh, right back at you, Deborah. Right back at you, Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been really a wonderful, uh, wonderful conversation, and just it's just getting me revved up about your new book. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks a lot, Robin. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yep. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can pre-order a signed copy of Where We Bloom at bloomimprint.com. And we are offering bulk discounts to floral retailers. So reach out if you're interested in quantities. Don't forget to join Robin and me along with many of the talented Slow Flowers members featured in Where We Bloom at our virtual book launch party on Tuesday, April 27th at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll be sharing some giveaways and introducing you to a few creatives featured in our pages. You can find the link in our show notes today. If you're in the Seattle area, please come out and say hello at two upcoming book signing events. We'll be wearing our masks and observing careful social distancing practices, I promise. On May 1st, from 2 to 4 in the afternoon, Jillian Matthews and Ravenna Gardens, Seattle's Boutique Home and Garden Emporium, will host a signing, and we expect that some of the creatives featured in Where We Bloom will join us. On May 8th, from 1 to 3 in the afternoon, we'll be at Paper Delights in Burien, just outside Seattle, where we are joining Teresa Rao of Belle Patal at her Mother's Day floral pop-up. Teresa is featured in the pages of Where We Bloom, so we're thrilled to share this event with her. To find out what's next for Bloom Imprint, sign up for our newsletter and follow us on social media. I'll have those links for you in today's show notes. Later this year, Bloom Imprint will publish two exciting books by Slow Flowers members. First, we'll release an essential guide to rose growing from Felicia Alvarez of Menagerie Farm and Floral. And then we'll publish Holly Chapel's long-awaited first book, A Life in Flowers. We have four other titles in the catalog for 2022, including, as you heard, Cynthia Zamaria's book, House and Flower. What a dynamic lineup of creativity. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Red Twig Farms, based in Johnstown, Ohio. Red Twig Farms is a family-owned farm specializing in peonies, daffodils, tulips, and branches. 
a popular peony bouquet by mail program, and their special Spread the Hope campaign, where customers purchase 10 tulip stems for essential workers and others in their community. Learn more at redtwigfarms.com. And save the date for this Friday's April member meetup for the Slow Flowers community. That's right, on Friday, April 9th, you can join our monthly meetup via Zoom. The time is always 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. This month, we welcome two Slow Flowers leaders who will share their approach to sustainable floral design and green practices. Learn more about the definition of sustainability in floral design and gain insights about how you can adapt your floral enterprise to be safer, healthier, and more beautiful. You'll learn from Toby Nelson of Toby Nelson Events and Design. She's based on Whidbey Island in Washington State. And from Becky Feesby of Prairie Girl Flowers, based in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. You can find the Zoom link to join us in today's show notes and come prepared to ask your questions about this important shift in floristry. We'll have some fun giveaways and you might win one of our drawings. Our final sponsor thank you goes to the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Visit them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 711,000 times by listeners like you. We wrapped up the month of March with 13.5 thousand downloads. Wow, that's the highest in the past year. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks to support Slow Flowers ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at DebraPrinzing.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more Slow Flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging on to iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Mm-hmm.